That kind of segues into where we're going this morning. We're talking about parenting, and this is our last, really, uh, our last lesson in this series. Um, we really want to, we don't talk about parenting every year. Every couple of years, we, we, we jump into it, and, and we hear some great stuff from the Word of God about it. Um, uh, just before we jump into it, I just want to say thank you again for everybody that helps us financially in the church. Your generosity is not only helping people here, but people down in Mexico where we support every month. Uh, men's and women's outreach down there that we're financing really a lot of their living condition down there. So thank you for that. Money's going to missionaries and missions around the world. You don't hear about it, but books are being translated in different languages, uh, not only Spanish, but some different languages in, in the European Slavic regions through the Hankins ministry and stuff. So listen, there's just some cool things going on that there's going to be folks in heaven that say, thank you for your generosity. Come on, everybody. So we appreciate your giving, your diligence, and your consistency in that. And uh, just by the way, a reminder, I always like to tell you, just because it's not, 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 not whatever, just fact, I want you to know, is that Pastor Kimberly and I, we tithe and we give offerings and we sacrifice, so we're in it to win it just like you. We believe the word to work for us just like it'll work for you. It's not just going to work for a pastor or somebody in ministry. It works for anybody who plants seed. The seed doesn't know who's planting it. The seed don't care what nationality you are, what age you are, how long you've been saved or how long you've not been saved. The seed just knows one thing. You get me in the ground, I'm going to bear fruit. So come on, the best ground you can put your seed in is the gospel being spread and taught all around the world. Amen, everybody? Thank you. That would be a good place to clap our hands right there. Yeah. All right, all right. Come on, hang out with us after church. We've got free food, hot dogs, chips, and hamburgers, and drinks, and stuff. So hang out with us afterwards. We're going to have a blast today. But before we do, let's jump into the Word one more time and talk about, just, just, just put a bow around this, uh, this series on parenting. Um, today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you a passage of Scripture from 1 uh, John chapter 2. And listen to me. We're going word heavy today. Listen, we're going to go in the Word. We're going to give you so much Scripture that you're, you're, you're going to, come on, your, 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 your tongue, eating a hamburger is going to taste nasty because you're going to have so much Word today. <laughs> and some of you are going, I'd like to see that happen. All right, okay. All right. Well, I'm going to try to make that real. What we're going to do, we're going to, we're going to read this portion of Scripture from 1 John chapter 2. Listen to me. And it does not say anything about parenting. Nothing. But I'm going to use it as a as a as just a, 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 a pathway for us to look at four huge points that really talk about spiritual growth and development. Not only, listen, as we think about our kids and we think about our young ones and maybe our teenagers, uh, th if you've got real small kids, you're going to have to pack this message for later because it's just going to be too much detail, if you will, for where they're at right now. But we believe you're going to be able to get the concepts of this word and you're going to be able to work it into the fabric of your life and then be able to teach it to your children as well. By way of reminder, you can't teach what you don't know. And so for a parent, as we talk about parenting, really, we're, it's not so much the kids, it's the parent. That I need to get some ideas, I need to get some word, I need to get what God's saying to me from the scripture. And I, come on, any parents in here, just be real and say, I need some help in my parenting up in here. Yeah, all of us are the same, it doesn't make a difference. We've all been there, and so hopefully the couple of messages we've had last two weeks have spoken to you. Let's go one more time, let's jump into this scripture. 1 John chapter 2, verse 12 
through 14. I want to talk about these four things that every parent needs to teach their kids. These four things. We're going to find out that John writes to these three groups of people in these verses that we're going to use as a launching pad for where we're going to go. John talks about children. John talks about young men. And John talks about fathers. Children, young men, and fathers. Natural growth, but spiritual growth. And the, 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 um, uh, the, the strength and, and the power and the force and the, the aptitude and the, the direction of a parent's heart ought to be, I want to continue to grow and I want my kids to grow. And by the way of reminder, the Bible is written from a male perspective. So ladies, listen to me. This has got nothing. This is not shying you away or dissing you in any way. But, but children, uh, young men or young women and fathers, or we would also say women as well. Let's read some scripture. Look what it says in verse 12. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you. For his name's sake. Verse 13, I write to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men. We've already seen three groups of people, children, fathers, and young men. I write to you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you little children because you have known the father. And lastly, verse 14, I have written to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Again, John writes to these three groups of people. Different levels of spiritual growth, but maturity. And the one thing that Kimber and I wanted our kids to do, we didn't want our kids to be children their whole life. We wanted them to be young adults. And not just young adults their whole life. We want them to be fathers or mothers. We want them to grow spiritually. So when it comes to teaching our kids, again, if you've got a toddler, that you're going to have to pack this and, and, and work this around as they continue to grow because you're going to have to put this on ice for a little while. But if you've got teenagers and you've got younger ones, you're going to be able to understand this and begin working these scriptures into the fabric of your life. Four things we read here concerning spiritual growth. Let me give them to you. If I, if I lose you in the message, which I don't think I will, four things. He says, number one, your sins are forgiven you. Number two, we're going to find out. He says, you've known the Father. Number three, he says, you've overcome the wicked one. And number four, we're going to read out. He says, you need to be strong in the word. Four things we need to teach our kids. Let's talk about it this morning. Number one, he tells us, you need to realize your sins are forgiven you. They're forgiven. When, when We just need to teach our kids the beauty, listen to me, the, the, the beauty of repentance and the power of forgiveness. Uh, by the way, your kids just don't come into the kingdom of God because you're in the kingdom of God. The only way they come into the kingdom of God is if they ask Jesus to be the Lord of their life. No one gets graduated into the kingdom without repentance and forgiveness. Can you say amen? We need to continue to teach our kids. We don't, kids, you know, when, when they get to be whatever that age that is, we don't, we don't run from God. We run to God in repentance and asking forgiveness because we've got some stories in the Bible that it didn't work out too well for people who ran from God, hashtag Jonah. So, so we, we see from Scripture this is twofold. Listen, and, and the twofold, again, you got to work this into how you teach and train your kids scripturally and biblically. It's twofold. Number one is this thought, that a believer is no longer identified as a sinner. 
Your sins are forgiven you. So, hey, child, listen to me. The minute you say yes to Jesus, you're no longer identified as a sinner. The sin nature is gone. In your little child, in your teenager, any adult who turns to the Lord, the minute you ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, he puts a brand new nature on the inside of you. You're not the old guy just a little bit cleaned up. You're a brand new kind of person. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things passed away. Come on, everybody. All things become new. So, so we need to teach our kids this, that you're a new kind of person now. You, you might, you, you, you got some cool clothes you look like. You got the, the Nikes, you got the Adidas, you, you got the hat sideways, if that's your dig. Whatever you got, that's cool, like everybody else's cool. But you're a different kind of person on the inside. Come on, everybody. You got a new nature. We need to teach our kids that. But, but, but on the same, you know, right along with that, what we find out is this second thought, is that we still sin. Come on, we still sin. We still sin, and we need forgiveness. So even though you got a new nature, we still mess up. We still don't hit the mark. We still do things. We say things. We act, act ways that are sideways, and we need forgiveness. So our nature has changed. The propensity and the desire and the way to, I want to go the wrong way, that's changed. God says, now inside you, I put a new heart. I put a fleshly heart, a moldable, uh, that, that's changed on the inside, child, that, that you want to obey mom. You want to obey God. You want to do really on the inside, but your nature, there's a fight going on. We need to teach our kids there's always going to be this thing going on on the inside of us. And when we mess up, it doesn't mean you're messed up. It just means you did something messed up. Because that's the problem, is that so many times people identify with the situation, and we need to tell them, rise up. Come on, somebody. Rise up out of that. Yeah. Come on, that's a word today. Come on, somebody. Rise up out of that. Yeah. Because 2 Corinthians 5.21, love this scripture, write it down, look what it says, 2 Corinthians 5.21, boom, it's coming. For he, God, made him Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us. Jesus didn't know any sin, but God made him to be sin for us. What what, did we get in exchange? That we might become the righteousness of God in him. You need to tell your kids that. God doesn't see you as a sinner any longer. God sees you as righteous before him. You're holy, you're just, you're pure. You're uncontaminated on the inside because he put a new nature on the inside of you. You're no longer the same kid, just a little bit cleaned up. No, you're a brand new kind of person on the inside. Come on, teenager. Come on, young adult. Come on, parent. You're different on the inside. So, so he made him to be sin. He took on my sin nature. I, I need to tell my children that. Your sins are forgiven you. It doesn't mean you don't mess up. It doesn't mean you don't mis- make mistakes. It means when you do, that there's a beacon on the inside of you that says, I need to get it right. I need to confess this. I need to forgive that person. I need to ask God to forgive me. And when you do, he continually forgives and forgets whatever you bring to him. Right, everybody? That's what 1 John 1, 9 says, right? Come on, 1 John 1, 9. Remember what it says? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Notice again, if, 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 come on, if, 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 if we confess. Not if you think about it, not if you, not if you, you did it before, no. If you, if you sinned, if you confess, he is faithful. He is just to forgive you. To, he is faithful. He is just to forgive you of all, come on, all your sin. Oh, he's going he's to he's he's deal with all your sin and cleanse you 
from all unrighteousness. Cleanse you on the inside from anything that you did that you didn't even know you did. He's going to cleanse you. We need to teach our kids. We need to teach them. This is going to cause you, cause us, cause the church to grow spiritually. God wants your family to be different. God wants your family not to be just like the world. And the world thinks, when I mess up, I am a mess up. When I th had that crazy thought, and, then, and, and then it must mean I'm crazy. If I've got that thought of sexuality, or I've got that thought of, of whatever, lust, or I've got that thought of stealing, it must mean I'm a thief. It must mean I'm a luster. It must mean I'm rude. No, 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 you just had it. Maybe you yielded to it, but we'll talk in a minute. You've got the ability to resist that because that's not who you are. Come on, everybody. So what we see from the scripture, though, we said a couple times already is this, is that confession is the only way. Come on. Confession is the only way to bring forgiveness. Confession. There is, you know, some, some folks, you know, raised in different, you know, churches, different denominations or religious groups, you know, they would have to go to confessional. And, and, and that's not what the Bible says. It doesn't say that I confess my sin to somebody else. It, well, it does in one place, but this isn't what we're talking about here. Uh, but, but concerning my sin to, to need God to forgive me, I don't need to go to you and you don't need to come to me. The scripture says you go to God. You go to God. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Child, teenager, when you mess up, you run to mom and dad, you run to us, and you run to God because what you're going to get from us and what you're going to get from God is forgiveness and reconciliation, and you're going to be delivered, and God's going to hear you, and God's going to restore you. Come on, everybody. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So God restores, he forgives, he forgets, and he just keeps bringing us down the road. God sees us as holy, as pure, come on, as uncontaminated. He doesn't see us as a mess up, as a failure, as disgraceful to him. Listen, what we find out from the scripture, read Hebrews chapter 9 and 10 to realize this. The scripture tells us that faith in Jesus' blood, faith in the blood of Jesus means I believe I can be forgiven. I believe I can be forgiven. I can be forgiven because I and I am forgiven because I have faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen to me. We need to teach our kids this. We need to continually tell them that. We need to tell, and you need to remind yourself, my sins have been forgiven. I'm not that person any longer. I don't have a nature that wants to do that any longer. I am a brand new kind of person. I'm going to be the family that forgives quickly and easily. Don't you want to come begging and moaning and, 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 and fussing for weeks? I forgave you. I forget it. We're going back to normal up in here. Come on, we put, we put on out the carne asada. We're getting ready to have a party again. Come on, everybody. That's what the Bible says. So we're not going to keep reminding other people of their faults and their sins. Well, you know, last week you did this. Well, then you didn't forget it. You're not being godlike. Forgive me. We need to for forget. We need to forgive. And then we forget. We're not going to keep reminding each other who they are, what they did. No, 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 no. We're new kind of people on the inside. Amen, everybody? Amen. Man, if you don't know this scripture, let me give you this one more scripture before we move on to point two. Romans 6.6, 6. I love this scripture. Romans 6.6, 6. knowing this, so, so stop right there. Come on, read the Bible slow with me sometime. Knowing this, not hearing about it, not wondering about it. No, you got to know this. 
You got you to know this and your kids got to know this. That our old man, I don't care how old you are, you got an old man or an old woman living on the inside of you, was crucified with him. Oh, okay, I'm liking this so far. I got to know this, that, that the old Gary that got born into the earth was, past tense, crucified with him, with Jesus. Well, when did he do that? What? what I, I'm still here. What, what, what do you mean, was crucified? Jesus said, when I went to the cross, here's what he's saying. When I went to the cross, I took you there with me. Ah. So now, being in Christ, when I said yes to him, and I repented of my sin, he forgave me of my sin and cleansed me from all unrighteousness. And the Bible says, when did that happen? He already made, appropriated that for me at the cross. My old man was crucified with him, Paul says. Hmm. The body of sin might be done away with. That's my sin nature is now done away with. That I should no longer be a slave of sin, my Lord. So my old man, teenager, hey, your old man was crucified with Jesus at the cross. He took you there with him. You, you might have slept with three guys already, but that's not who you are. You're a new person in Christ Jesus. So leave that lifestyle. Come up out of that. Come up out of that grave. Come on, somebody. Come on, come up out of that situation. That's not who you are. You might have messed up, but I don't see you as a failure. Leave that lifestyle. Be who God's called you to be. Your old man was crucified. Those natures were crucified. But you're surrounding yourself maybe with some crazy thoughts, some crazy friends that keep dragging you back in that lifestyle. Leave that life. You're not a drug addict. You might be smoking some weed, snorting some stuff, popping some stuff, shooting some stuff, whatever you're doing. That might be what you're struggling right now, but that's not who you are. That's not who you are. You're a new creature in Christ, see nature. All things passed away. All things became new. <laughs> he says, I want you, the, the body of sin, the body of sin's destroyed. God gave you a new heart. It's pliable, it's moldable to God. Let, let that be your, your direction. Let that be the focus of your life. You're, you're free from the control of sin. You're no longer a slave of sin. That's not who you are. Sin's trying to dominate you, but now you're under the blood of Jesus. You're a new creature. Come on, everybody. Come on, I'm getting, come on, I'm, I, I'm, I know I'm preaching a little bit better than your nod. I know I am. Come on, everybody. Come on, say it with me. My sins are forgiven. Well, if they're forgiving you, they're forgiving your kids as well when they say yes to Jesus. We've got to see them that way. Second thing that we find out that the apostle John is telling the church is he says this. You, 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 tell them, you, you know the Father. Look at that. You know the Father. You know the Father. It's mentioned three times, you know the Father. So this must be pretty important. You know the Father. All my life, I've heard kids say, I've heard people say, I don't know who God is. I don't know, I can't hear God. I don't know who he is. Listen to me. As a parent, you need to make knowing the Father and hearing the Father's voice priority in your life and in the life of your kids. Now, he didn't just say that you know about the Father. He didn't just say you come to church. He didn't say, you know, uh, that, that you hear and you've been exposed to what somebody else said. He said, no, you know the Father. He says it three times. The Bible says no one has seen the Father except the Son. So how am I going to know the Father? Well, Jesus tells us, you're going to know the Father by knowing me. And I got Matthew, Mark, Luke and John that tell me who he was when he came in the flesh. 
And then I've got the epistles, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. I got Romans. I got First and Second Corinthians. I got these books that Paul had that now tell us who Jesus was in his ascension and resurrection. Now, who he is now, seated at the right hand of the Father, and who I am now in him, and who you are now in him, we can know the Father by knowing Jesus. Look what Jesus said, John 14, verse 7. Check it out. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Crazy verse. And they're, they're going, you know, and listen, John 14, they're going like, Thomas is saying, you know, show me the Father, you know, show me God, show me the Father, and I'll believe. And Jesus says, hey, brother, if you'd known me, you'd known the Father. Me and him are the same. We're one. We're one. We're one. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. You've known him. I'm walking right here. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm God in the body. I, I'm just like, what God would say is what I'm saying. What God would do is exactly what I'm doing. We know the Father by seeing Jesus. Colossians 1.15 says this. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. He's the, he's the exact image, the, the exact representation, one translation says. The firstborn over all creation. Colossians 2.9 says, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In him. In him dwells everything of God in a human body. 100% man, 100% God, Jesus was. And so Jesus says, what he tells John here, and John writes by the Holy Spirit, is that he tells these groups of people, he tells the children, he tells the young men, he tells the fathers, you've known the Father. You've known the Father. Knowing the Father needs to be a continual uh, um, exercise of discipline and study and desire and passion and pursuit in our entire life. We need to know. Know Him better. Know Him more clearly. Hear Him through the written Word. Hear Him through the spoken Word. Hear Him when we're still in the morning and at night. And we just hear his voice. Being led by the Spirit is being led by God. Being led by Jesus. They are three in one. We've known the Father. Jesus says this in John 1.18. He says, no man has ever seen God at any time. Jesus has declared him. Check it out. He's revealed him. He says, I brought him out of where he can be seen. And I've interpreted him, and I've made him known. That's what he says. No, no man's seen God at any time. No one's seen God. But Jesus is the one through what he did in the Gospels that we see, how he taught, what he did. This is exactly who God is, what God would do. So like, you know, years ago, there was a big move. It was WWJD, right? Bracelets, everybody had it. What would Jesus do? I don't have to ask, what would Jesus do? I can read what Jesus did. And whatever Jesus did is what he's doing. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And whatever Jesus did is exactly what God would do because he is God in a body. Come on, everybody. He says he wants you to know the Father. Know the Father. Not know about, not hear about, not wonder about. 
Not have somebody else have something. Not, no, you're, as a son, a daughter of God, a child of God, be you young or be you old, you have the ability to hear God. Come on, somebody. We hear God. We hear God. We hear God. We hear God. How do you do that? How am I going to do that? It's going to be in the quiet time, and it's going to be in the Bible time. The only way you are going to start fastening the ears of your heart to the heart of God and the voice of God is time alone with the Word and with Him. You got time alone in the car. You got time alone. We've all got some time. Make sure you use some of your time and maybe more time than you're doing to hear the voice of the Father. Can I get an amen in here? He says, thirdly, come on, we're doing good this morning. He says, thirdly, firstly, he says, tell, tell your kids, hey, your sins are forgiven you. Number two, you've known the Father. You've known the Father. Thirdly, he says, you have overcome the wicked one. Notice this. He tells them this past tense. You have overcome the wicked one. Not you're going to overcome the wicked one. That, that's a given. But you have overcome the wicked one. This phrase is used two times in these verses in John 2. You have overcome the wicked one. There is a wicked one out there. You need to know it. But because of your yes to me, Jesus, I've given you the power to overcome anything that's coming against you. John 16, verse 33. I love it in the Amplified Bible. Check it out what it says here. It says, I have told you, Jesus talking, I have told you these things that in me, notice this, in me, you may have perfect peace and confidence. Stop right there. If you're struggling with crazy thoughts, you're struggling with anxious thoughts, you're struggling with worryful thoughts, that we all go through some seasons like that. Jesus says, uh, maybe you need to detach from what you're thinking so much about, detach from all those emotional conflicts in you, and attach yourself to me and my word, because in me and my word, I got something different than you're getting already. I've got this thing called perfect peace and confidence. Mm. In the world, we all know it. You're going to have tribulation, trouble. You're going to have trials, we know it. You're going to have distress, stressing situations. And you're going to have lots of frustrations. But be a good cheer. Take courage. Be confident. Be certain. Be undaunted. For I have overcome the world. And I have deprived it, the world, of power to harm you. And I have conquered it for you. Well, if Jesus conquered it for me, if Jesus says, I, I don't want it to harm you, then I'm just saying yes to that program. Come on, somebody. Yes to that program. You've done something for me and my family and my kids that you haven't done for somebody who hasn't said yes to you, whose sins are not forgiven, who, who are not knowing the Father. You're doing something different up here in this house. You, we, we've got the ability to overcome whatever's coming against us. Come on, everybody. Yeah, yeah, there's going to be some frustration. Yeah, there's going to be some trials. Yeah, there's going to be some tribulations. But be a good cheer. Come on, everybody. Rise up. Come on, come on, rise up. Look up. It's going to be different for you. That's what he's telling us. Wow. And then John, the writer we've been reading, who wrote this already in the gospel in 1 John 5, he says this beautiful words. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory 
that has overcome the world, even our faith. So he says, faith in me, in Jesus, faith in the Word of God is the ingredient to cause you to be a continual overcomer over the attacks of the enemy. Come on, everybody. Even though the enemy has been overcome by the power and the blood of Jesus, listen to me, he has still... He, he is, still has the ability in this earth as the little G God of this world to try to shake and roll and jack you and I up. But he tells us again, he tells us again, don't allow what's going on around you to get on the inside of you because if the, uh, the, there's no, no water ever sank a ship at sea. Only the water that got in the boat sank the ship at sea. You and I are in the sea of life. The only way we can sink is if we let it get in us. And Jesus says, I've given you the power to overcome whatever is coming against you. So the scripture is telling us, listen to me, what Jesus accomplished for you, what he accomplished for you must be believed in you. If you don't believe it, you're not going to have it. You're not going to have it. So he tells us, you need to tell your kids, you need to work, walk in at parents for yourself, that you have overcome the wicked one. The wicked one has been destroyed. Jesus said in, in, in the Gospel of Luke, I saw Satan be cast out of heaven like lightning. Come on. He, he cast him out of that domain. We know it from the book of Ezekiel. He was one of the fallen angels that, that, that tried to rebel when a third of them tried to rebel with Lucifer. He got kicked out of heaven. Listen, Satan has no power, no dominion over a believer any longer. None. You've already overcome him. Past tense. So what Jesus did in his death, burial, and resurrection 2,000 years ago is still pertinent today. What is coming against you, you can overcome, and you have the power to stand against it, what Jesus is telling us. So we got to tell our kids. we got to tell our family. Listen, we're, we overcome up in this family. When adversity comes against us, we just don't bow down. We endure hardness as a good soldier. We're more than conquerors. Come on, we're kings and we're priests in this earth. First Peter chapter 2 says, We rule and reign under the rulership and the authority of Jesus Christ. What's coming out there doesn't have to come in here. So we're keeping out what's trying to come in. We enforce the victory of Christ. So we need to teach our kids. Listen to me. Probably this generation more than others. We need to teach our kids, you need to fight. Not physically, but you need to fight spiritually. And you don't need to bow down. You don't need to cower back. And you don't need to let the pressure of the system and the world and the culture and the school tell you what you're going to do and who you are. No, 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 no. I'm going to find out my identity from the scripture. I'm going to find out my identity, what my mom and dad tells me. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to submit to God. Come on. Come on. For James 4, 7 says, come on. It tells us, submit to God. Therefore, resist the devil and he's going to flee from us. So, so, so we're going to submit to God. We're going to submit to the word of God. Uh, you know, I'm going to submit to what mom and dad tell me, what, what they tell me with the word of God. And we're going to resist the devil up in here. We're just not going to let the devil have, my, have me, have my family, have my mind. No, no, no. We're, we're going to actively do something against the attack of the enemy. Listen to me. Faith in God can only be exercised where you know the will of God. Faith in God can only be exercised where you know the will of God. If you do not know the will of God, you have no ability to stand against whatever's coming against you. 
That's why reading the Word of God, studying the Word of God, praying the Word of God, come on, getting a small group, getting around some folks that are further down the road than you are going to help you understand and, 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 and activate and have that antenna that goes up that says, that's not of God. I don't have to have that going on in my life. I don't have to just say yes to that. I don't have to roll over to that. I mean, I mean, over and over we see when, when, when people, when, when attacks came against these guys in the Old Testament, they just didn't say, okay, I guess this is the way it's going to be. No, they, they actively resisted it. They were, you know, Peter and John, or uh, uh, Paul and Silas in, in that prison, they started singing praises to God and God shook the jail. We, we see stuff that would come against them that they'd get whipped, they'd get beaten, and they'd just get up and get going on with the plan of God. Listen, whatever it takes, we understand that there are tri uh, tribulations and trials and frustrations and all kind of things that come against us, but we're not going to let that define us, nor are we going to let it stop us. We need to teach our kids we overcome come on we overcome come on can I give you just a couple more scriptures with this I love this if you don't know this verse these couple verses write it down 2nd Corinthians 4 8 and 9 look what it says he says we're pressed on every side by troubles but we're not crushed and broken I love this we're perplexed because we don't know why things happen as they do anybody ever been there we're perplexed. We don't know why things happen. What's going on? He says, but we don't give up and quit. Come on, somebody say amen to that. We're hunted down. He says, come on, we're, we're, we're preaching and they're trying to kill us. We're hunted down, but God never abandoned us. How, how would you like to be driven out of town after town after town and still have the tenacity to say, God's still for me? Or would some of y'all say, I think I'm going to be a Hindu priest now, right? No, God's still with us. He's not abandoned us. We get knocked down, but we get up and we keep going. We just keep going. We, we, we just keep going. We, we don't stop. We don't stop. Now, what we know from the Word is that God won't do for you what He already told you to do for yourself. Grace helps you do what He already told you to do. God's grace and God's strength just doesn't come on the scene if you won't act on the Word of God. And so we find out again, time and time again, I said a moment ago, how important knowledge is. Because this is just the truth. No knowledge equals no faith. No knowledge equals no faith. And, and listen to me. No knowledge will equal no authority. If there's no knowledge, it's going to equal no faith. And if there's no knowledge from the Word of God, you're not going to walk in the authority God has for you. So, so, so the, the knowledge of the Word of God is preeminent in the life of a believer. Again, teaching our kids, we need to find out what God said. What's God say about this situation? What's God say about this whatever's coming against us or attacking your physical body? What, what, what Teenager, this thing that's coming against you, depression thoughts or worried thoughts, or I don't know if I'm going to make it. I, ah, I get anxious. And I, okay, what's God say about this? I'll keep you in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you because you trust in me. Come on, Isaiah 26.3. Come on. That's what it says. So, so, so we're going to do that up in our house. We're going to keep our minds stayed on him. So we're going to shut off some, some screen time. And we're going we're gonna to get God. We're going to get some praise and worship going on in the house. We're going to control the environment we're in because we know you're not we know you can't control it out there. Uh, but we're going to control it in here. We're going to feed you, right? Come on. We're going we're to pray. We're going to sleep, right? We're going to do everything spirit, soul, and body. <laughs> but we're going to trust God up in here, and we're going to get God working in your life. We're going to get knowledge. Come on. So your faith can grow, and the authority is going to grow in your life where you can say yes to God and no to that. Come on. And the Bible just says just don't give the devil any place. For, uh, Ephesians 4.27. Just don't give the devil any place. The word place means topography. Don't give the devil any room. 
Don't give him any place in your life. Don't give him any authority in your life to stay and to set up camp in your ground. Don't give him any place in your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect. Don't, because whatever you give him place to, he will enslave you in it. He will keep you in it. And don't listen to me. What's terrible is that when somebody has been delivered from something, and then they go right back to what they have been delivered from. Proverbs says we're like pigs going back to the mud. We're like a dog going back to vomit. Don't be that way. We have been delivered from the wicked one. We have overcome the wicked one. Don't be enslaved again with a yoke of slavery. The apostle Paul tells us time and time again. Why? Because what Christ did for us, he paid too high a price for us to be enslaved in. Can somebody say amen? We doing all right, everybody? Come on. John says one more thing. One more thing. Again, for parents, teenagers, old, young, families, he says this. He combines these last things in his last verse here, verse 14. He says, be strong in the word. Be strong in the word. Be strong in the word. He says, abide in the word is one one word he uses there. Be strong in the word. Let let the word abide in you. Ephesians 6.10 says, be strong in the Lord and in his great power. Be strong in the Lord. We need to tell our kids... Be strong in the Lord. Be strong. How how, how are you strong in the Lord? I thought thought if God wanted to do something, it was just like strong people, weak people, medium people, kind of, you know, really uh, exuberant people, worship people. No, no, no. There's just people. You decide what kind of people you're going to be. It's it's not male people, female people. I know they are, but but there's not black people and white people and light skin and a little dark skin. No, 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 no. All that's in the earth. We see that. But there's only there's only really two kind of people: believing people and unbelieving people. That's it. So he says, you get to choose whatever you want to choose. He says, be strong in the Lord. Come on, somebody. Sorry about you, but I signed up for that program. So, so, so as a teenager, when I was involved in alcohol and drugs and all that stuff, running whatever they did, then when I said yes to Jesus and got filled with the Holy Spirit, I said no to that. And yeah, there were temptations. Yeah, there were challenges that came. Yeah, there were all kind of those things that come against all of us all the time. But what kept me out of it was this. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and, and, and in His great power. So when I made up my mind to be strong in the Lord... He gave me his great power. Wow. Power that was inside of me from the person of the Holy Spirit that came into me when I got saved and I said yes and got filled with the Holy Spirit, just like you. There's power on the inside. Power to witness, power that would keep me strong. How do I keep that? What does being strong in the Lord look like? Come on, somebody. Only way you're going to get it is you read it. How do you work that word? How do you work that word? I got to read it. I gotta pray it. I gotta think about it. I gotta speak it, confess it, say it. I gotta act on it. That's it. That's it. How, how am I gonna know about how do I know God? <laughs> well, you're reading the Bible? Well, no. Well, that's gonna be a problem. It's gonna be a problem. How, 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 can I, how, how can I be strong in the Lord? Well, here's what you do you read it, you pray it, you think about it, you speak it, and you act on it. That's it. That's it. And so when a thought comes, I find out what God says about it. When a feeling comes, what God says about it. When an emotion comes, what's God say? I think about it. I speak it. I pray it. I act on it. 
Teach your kids. Yourself. Listen, this is where the rubber meets the road. If you're not strong, your kids won't be strong. Very small percentage of kids ever graduate, come up above the spiritual growth of their parents at a certain age. Maybe they will a little bit later when they get it. But I'm talking about right now. And I don't want to waste years for my kids right now. I, I, I just want to be the parent that says, you know what? Come on, I'm getting ready to change up in here. I'm getting ready to change. So Paul says this, 2 Corinthians 4.13, since we have the same spirit of faith, since we have the same spirit of faith, not, 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 not going to have it, he says we got it. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what's written, the scripture says this, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. So, so, so up in our house, what we're going to do is we're going to believe the word of God and we're going to speak the word of God. We're not going to talk negative. We're not going to talk critical. We're not going to talk sickness and poverty and lack and bad, bad devil and ooh, bad out there. And ah, uh, how are we ever going to make it in economy? And oh, uh, gas prices and oh, uh, look at car prices. There's so much. No, we ain't talking all that lack. You talk lack, you're going to get lack. You talk fear, fear's coming. You talk, I'm always afraid. Yeah, I can tell. You're shaking like a chihuahua. I can tell. I can tell. We come behind you and boo. Ah! I, I, I can tell. Listen, you believe the word. You, you, you believe the word by abiding in the word. Amen. So he says you, you need to abide in this word. So, so you believe the word by abiding in the word. And when you confess the word, listen, when you confess the word, when you do that, confessing is just bringing the awareness, bringing the awareness of God's power into your circumstance. So, so Lord, you, you, you got, your, your word is mighty. Your, your word is all, all powerful. Your word is, your word is glorious. And so, Father, I'm just going to agree with what you say. I, I look at my life, and, and I might look at my life and say, I'm a little bit messed up in here, but I never read you telling me that from the Bible. My, my thoughts are a little bit crazy up in here, and I've got all kind of things going on in me, but I never hear you singing that song over me. On the contrary, you're singing songs of deliverance over me. So I think I'm going to start changing the channel, and I think I'm going to start singing songs of deliverance over my own life. I'm going to read it. I'm going to pray it. I'm going to speak it. Come on. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to think about it. Uh, uh, scientists tell us now, uh, maybe it's not a science, certain kind of scientists, doctors that study the brain, they tell us now, Proven. The first thing you read and think about in the morning and the last thing you read and think about at night has the power to cause different waves going on in your brain and cause different thoughts that will bring different actions. So while you're on Netflix until you go to bed, while you're scrolling at all who's doing and you're liking and dissing and thumbs down and, and you're yakking and yakking and you're yakking. All that's working in you. And so you get up in the morning, you're just like mad. Well, you went to bed like a mess. And you're waking up that way. So, so come on, let, let, let's get the word in us. Let's, let's, let's change. Come on, everybody, let's change some stuff. Let's, te let's, te let's teach our kids. Let's teach our kids. Yeah. So, Paul tells us in Romans 1, the gospel is the power of God to salvation. The gospel. Power of God to salvation. Want salvation coming in your life? Want deliverance and victory working in you? Yeah, of course. My kids, yeah. More gospel equals more power. 
The gospel's the power. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get the word of God working in me. I'm I'm gonna welcome the word of God. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get my kids. And so, you know, with our our our, our house. You know, we had we had fun time. We had whatever movies you're watching, but but we had we had you know even now, Kimberly, the grandkids were over the house, and our, our son and daughter-in-law jumped in and surprised us this past week, and so they're at the house, and and Kimberly's a whole lot better at that than I am. Uh, uh, we we got to kind of you know God God books for the kids, right? Just just God books, kids that, books that were colorful and they tell stories and uh, at their age level, we sit there and. And we'd read stories and tell them about Jesus and get them thinking about Jesus. And, and they start going to school and, and bodies start changing and, and all kind of pressure start coming. And what's God say? But what's God saying? Let's pray the word. Let's believe the word. Let's expect the word. Paul says the word will work effectively in you that believe. We're going to act on the word. We're going to read the word. We're going to pray the word. We're going to speak the word. We're going to thank God like the word's working. Come on. Come on. They're getting ready to go to school. And I don't know if I'm going to get a student loan. I don't know how I'm going to get money to pay college. We're going to believe God up in here. Come on. We tithe. We give offerings. Come on. God is good. Come on. It's not a. Come on. I don't know. No, we ain't God. God ain't a God of I don't know. God's a God of I know. Come on. God, God's a God of this is happening right now. Come on, everybody. Come on. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Come on, brothers with names like that. Come on, somebody. And Daniel got taken captive into Babylon. But the Bible says those brothers had a different spirit. In a crazy culture, they stood out because them Jewish mamas and daddies put something in them when they were young. And even though they were away being captive, they were not enslaved to what was around them. Why? Something on the inside began working on the outside. Amen, everybody. Come on, come on, clap your hands, all you people. Yeah. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, come on, somebody say rise up. I'm rising up. I'm going to rise up. I'm going to rise up. Your sins are forgiven you. You've known the Father. You've overcome the wicked one. You have overcome the wicked one. Come on. Be strong in the word. Let's teach our families. Age appropriate, wherever they're at. And let's watch God begin shaking them, changing them, delivering them. Uh, you know, right now in, in San Diego, uh, um, there's a, uh, in, the, in the school system, there are kids through an urban collective that they're in school systems having Christian clubs in high schools. You don't hear about it. You don't hear about it. But every week, uh, uh, down here in South Bay, I think there's five or six or seven uh, uh, high schools. Uh, East Lake, I know Otay Ranch, Hilltop, I think. There's, there's several. Uh, uh, so, so listen to me. God's working. You just can't see it. God's turning hearts. I know it's dark. I know it's dark. But I do know this also. John said, the, the darkness can never overcome the light. Come on, church. We're light. We're salt. And we're going to raise our families to be different. Amen, everybody. Come on, stand up all over the room. Come on, Father, we thank you today for the word of God. Help us, Lord God. 
begin this week, on this first day of the week. Help us teach and train our kids and our, our grandkids to be different. Help us train ourselves, oh God. Help us train our kids. Help us train ourselves, Lord God, to realize that our sins are forgiven, that we can know you even better, and that we have overcome the wicked one. And we continually enforce your great victory at the cross, Jesus. And that we can be strong in the word. We want to know your word and know your name. And see your activity in our lives and the lives of our families. Father, I pray for every family here today. I pray, Lord God, for children that are away, that aren't serving you. Lord God, I pray a special hedge of protection around them. I pray that you'd send laborers across their path, Lord God, today. Children and grandchildren. Come on, reach out to them. Just believe God for that right now. Right now, my children, labors are going across them right now. Right now. Their hearts are being turned. Eyes are being opened. Hearts are being opened. Minds are being opened. Lord God, they're coming out of the situation they're in. Thank you for the labors, Lord God, being across their path. But thank you for the divine counsel of the Word of God that would speak to them right where they're at. Father, I pray for every parent in the room, every grandparent, every caregiver, Lord God, that's leading and training and raising families. Father, I'm asking you that you would give supernatural grace. There would be a peace on our families, oh God, a protection on our families. Lord God, that which is going on in the world won't infect our families. We're different because of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for it that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a kingdom of priests under our God. And Father, we thank you for the priesthood of Jesus being central and authority in our home. We look to you, O oh Lord, the author and finisher of our faith. We're so grateful, Father, for Jesus. We can see you, Father, by seeing Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you. Come on, lift our hands. Let's just do that. Come on, just thank you for Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. All over the room, Father God, I just thank you. I prophesy over this congregation here, outside, online. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord grant supernatural peace over your life. In Jesus' name, we speak blessing over your life to the glory of God. Come on, somebody say amen and amen. And then, come on, clap your hands. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, we're, we're, we're getting ready to have a great, great time outside. Come on, don't go. Don't leave. We got a bunch of hot dogs and food out there. A bunch of people.